Oh, TikTok, AKA the great unknown, for me at least. Just when I was getting comfortable, my Instagram followers were steadily growing, YouTube views were up, that's when TikTok took over. TikTok evolved from a Chinese company called ByteDance, which launched in September 2016. They went international as TikTok about a year later. And about four years after that, in September 2021, TikTok reported that it had reached 1 billion users. There's no doubt the pandemic helped as people turned to lightheartedness and entertainment more than ever and also spent a lot of time at home on their phones. Culturally, every celebrity who's anybody is on it. If you've laughed at an internet joke lately, it probably started on TikTok, and you don't even need to be on the app to have seen its content. TikToks are everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, its main competitor, Instagram Reels. With any new platform, it's important to do a cost-benefit analysis before fully investing. I mean, does anybody remember Clubhouse? If I would have listened to basically my entire Twitter feed last year and went all in there, I probably would have wasted a lot of time. And truthfully, that's how I felt about TikTok too. I mean, my audience mostly consists of women in their late 20s and 30s. I sell education products, which require relationship building and attention spans. And frankly, I hated the fast-paced energy of the platform and having to watch videos on my phone. So I sat it out. But TikTok wasn't going away. In fact, I started to feel like I was being left in the dark. How could I call myself a marketer if I wasn't willing to at least test the newest, coolest platform? And while I can still feel how I personally feel about TikTok, I do think it's important to understand for many reasons. So to ease myself into the content format, I did a week's worth of Instagram Reels, a platform that I was much more acquainted with and already had followers on, and reported on my experiment for my YouTube channel. After that, one of my Instagram mutuals sent me a message kindly offering to answer any questions I had about short form vertical video content. Her name was and is Andrea Mora, and you may know her on TikTok as Latina Preneur. I learned so much from our short call and gained instant respect for her for helping a sister out and getting me excited about a platform I really dreaded being on. Andrea is a viral marketer born in Venezuela and currently based in Los Angeles. Throughout her career, Andrea has had the opportunity to help brands like Tiesto, Upwork, the Russo Brothers, Tencent, TikTok, and more reach larger audiences and tell authentic stories through social media strategies, content production, and curation. Her multicultural and young approach breathes new life into global brands and successfully targets millennial and Gen Z audiences. And today she's chatting with me once again, this time to share some knowledge with you too. I actually reached out because you were one of the people who really encouraged me to get on that platform. So thank you for that. And yeah, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I absolutely love what you're doing online. It was because of your content that I was able to find a lot of clarity within the first year of my business. Um, so I use kind of like your strategies and your approach to business as my blueprint. So thank you for so much value. Um, and yeah, I am a viral marketer originally from Venezuela. I am currently based in LA and I basically help brands uh, get onboarded onto TikTok properly 
properly. I basically turn them into influencers and really focus on how to leverage vertical video to maximize either sales or viewership. And I mainly focus on brand awareness, but now we're starting to see a lot more value come through in terms of conversions. So that's what I've been doing for the past uh, year, really. I've been focusing really hard on TikTok. And before that, I had a big track record producing for mega creators. So my focus wasn't really on the traditional side of marketing. It was more producing for creators. And that helped me really understand social media from a consumer's creators and a marketer standpoint. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. How did you get started with TikTok? Because I feel like it is still um, such a new world, if you will. Everyone always has a really interesting story of how they started on the platform. How did you get started? So I actually worked at a viral marketing agency that was one of the bite dance approved agencies. So basically there were, there were like 20 at most in the world or something. And we were one of them. And we basically uh, drove user acquisition for them through meme marketing and influencer marketing. So I actually started working for bite dance back in 2019. But I still kind of didn't believe in the product. I was like, nah, this is definitely musically. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to bite into this. And then after that, the pandemic came along. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, there's an opportunity here. Like, people are talking about it. Suddenly, like, we were not having trouble driving user acquisition anymore because everyone wanted to be in the app. And then in July, I came across a video of one of my friends, Sandy, and she was just doing dances and pointing at the screen while talking about where to find your packaging. And I'm like, wait, you can do this? Like, I don't have to know how to like properly dance and or do entertainment content to actually be on the app. Heck Mm. yeah. So I actually started creating um, my first video was like the magazine challenge where you would Photoshop yourself in a magazine. And I was like, this is edition. And it was like Forbes. Love it. Yeah. So that's basically how I got started. And I started posting really, really, really often in which is why I got to um, 10K within two weeks because I started posting like three times a day, but now that's really unrealistic. So it's not something that I encourage anyone to do. Um, but back then, because it was just starting out, it was just starting to pick up a lot of viewership that was possible then. Okay. Amazing. You just answered one question that I already have for you. So I asked my audience on Twitter and Instagram too, what questions do you have about TikTok? I got this question multiple times. It was, um, I want to read her question. Exactly. It says, what are the recommended posting schedule? I keep hearing three to four times a day. Is that for new accounts too? What's recommended? Cause when I hear that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I no. can do that. No, I actually fight a lot with my other marketing friends. Cause they're all about posting every single day. But the problem is that there is you know, a slight sense of privilege when someone comes over and says, Hey, I'm post three times a day, it's five times a day. And I know, I, I understand what they're saying. Like, you know, you, you shouldn't be overthinking this content, but for business owners, this is their lifelong brand where if you use the wrong audio, cause you just want to pump out content, but you know, has inappropriate language in it and we're not that could come back to haunt you Mm. so a lot of people are always saying that you can only grow on tiktok if you post three to five times a day that's absolute bs because it is not true it if you don't have good content if you don't have the right strategy and i hate saying that word because it's so like uh but if you just don't have the right approach and you're not following the anatomy of viral content that fits for the tiktok culture then you're going to be pumping out content and not seeing any results. And that's going to disencourage you. So for me, what I always tell my clients is give me a minimum of three videos a week. Let's start there. You know, three videos, they can be short. Um, I actually don't work with anyone 
that gives me less than three videos because obviously there we are seeing like a disconnect. But yeah. the biggest Latino creator on TikTok, Devon Rodriguez Art, he draws people in the train. I don't know if you've seen him. He focuses on quality over quantity. He probably like posts once once a month, but because mm-hmm. his content is so good and his audience is so engaged, he's bigger than any other creator in the Latin American space. Um, and he's the biggest artist on TikTok essentially. And he's been able to build a massive business and also an, a massive audience just by focusing on quality over quantity. So do not believe that. I feel like people who are saying that either are very, there's a learning curve too. Like, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on when you hopped on TikTok, but when I was editing on TikTok, I wanted to like freaking die. I was like, <laughs> can I, I like literally have to rewatch video over and over again for me to alter a piece of text, you know? And now yes. I've found little hacks, but it's like, there's a big learning curve and it is so privileged of people to be able to say post five times a day. Like the average business owner has no time for that. Mm-mm. It's just yeah, like, no. it's wild. Yeah, I I hear you. The learning curve is really steep. I was like, I didn't know my fingers were this large. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I need little tiny fingers to edit on this thing or a bigger phone. I don't know. But, you know, I did a little, just a week long challenge to post on TikTok every day. And that was really my way to force myself Mm -hmm. onto TikTok, basically. And I think things like that are helpful just from a personal perspective, just to get in the routine or get in the habit. There is no way I could continue doing that. And I also noticed that yeah, the quality was decreasing, you know, because I was just checking a box. I'm like, okay, just got to post my TikTok for the day versus really sitting down and thinking what's going to bring value to the audience. What's going to be fun for me to create what's going to, you know, work. Right. So I love to hear that from a professional. (laughs) You don't have to post every single day. And I think that the other thing is sometimes you'll find that the videos that you put less effort into and that you won't just like, like winged it or whatever are the ones that tend to perform the best because mm-hmm. there's it's, it was more of like an intuitive type of creation. And like, mm-hmm. I'm all about intuition, just doing what feels right. But the thing about this is that Generation Z, it's Z, it's all about like cancel culture, like watching your every single move. So which is why whenever my clients just get too excited and they're like, oh, I'm gonna post this, I'm gonna do that. I'm like, okay, let's revisit. Like, how could this affect you in a couple months? Like, what is yes. the verbatim? Like, every single audio like viral audio on tiktok has the n-word in it you know Mm -hmm. so brands have to be so freaking careful people have to be so freaking careful in general you know yes so for yeah for others to be like just post every single day just like messy action it's like there's a fine line between messy action and just not quality checking your content and not caring about how you look online yeah Messy action so. and just messy. Just, <laughs> like just, sometimes just being messy. messy. <laughs> yeah. Way too messy. <laughs> I love that. I love that you bring that perspective into you. Cause maybe that advice of posting every day. Sure. If you're just trying to be like the most, you know, viral explosive, like yeah. person, sure. Maybe that'll work. But when you're talking about entrepreneurs, which is who my audience is, which is, you know, most of us have, um, a business that we're, we're looking to create these TikToks for brand reputation still matters just like it would for any other social platform, anything you put on the web, any book that you write, any piece of content that you put out there does represent your brand. So what are, what is some advice you have for taking some of this trending fun content and making it business? Cause I think that's where a lot of people have a disconnect. I, I definitely do. Yeah, no, I have this thing called, I'm trying to find a new name for it. That is not, that doesn't sound religious, but I call it the Trinity of content. 
and it's space, personality, and delivery. And the first one is finding a space for you. So for example, for me, I really wanted to create educational content on TikTok, but I saw a lot of other creators hopping on it already. And I, and I thought to myself at the time, my scarcity mindset said, oh, it's, there's too much people, right? So I was like, where do I come in in this space? How can I come in? as someone new with a fresh perspective that people are willing to hear. Because nowadays, TikTok is starting to get a little saturated and you have to find ways to stand out, right? So for me, that was, okay, all the Latinas on TikTok that I see are either makeup artists or entertainment. They do like comedy skits and whatnot. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to be that Latina that does business content. So hence why my um, username is Latino on uh, Latinopreneur, which is yes. like Latino entrepreneur. I love it. <laughs> and honestly I also created it so my friends wouldn't find me but then little did I know TikTok syncs your contacts so they already know that yeah. being said the second part is personality so I was like okay I have the space and I have the type of content that I want to make now how can I actually make this a little bit engaging how can I have people trust me and for me that's like what's something that I'm authentic about that I'm not gonna fake but still drive some like like curiosity and that for me was utilizing my little uh pokemon beanie i absolutely love pokemon it's like a like a little like hidden part of me i love video games esports for me are like a big thing so i was like okay if i start wearing my pokemon beanie i am guarantee i'm gonna have comments to say oh my gosh love the beanie where is it from well, yeah. i love the pokemon stuff right and a lot of people were like isn't that gonna drive people in that like you know don't watch your content because of the business side and just Pokemon, but I never speak about Pokemon. I don't even address it in the first place. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. part of my clothing attire. Um, and then the third part is delivery. So delivery to me is the most important and is the thing that matters the most on TikTok. Because even if you don't have the other two, you can still find an entertaining way to do it. And the best example is actually Erica, um, I forgot her last name, Dolberg or something like that. The girl that does, um, he doesn't know that I know this. Watch this. Have you seen those okay. videos? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, that is delivery. That is how she's presenting the content to her audience. So for me, I was thinking, okay, my audience are 21 year olds to 35 year olds at most. And that's what I kind of think that yep. actually hear my advice, um, considering my age and all that stuff. And I'm like, how do these people learn? And then I was thinking, you know, we're still kind of like, we, we still like to be babied with how information is given to us the first time. So I was like, you know what? Skits are the best way to go for me. I love speaking. I can't dance at all. Like my <laughs> body just can't bend like that. Um, so I was like, okay, skits are the way to go. Speaking is my superpower here. So that is how I realized, okay, that is what I'm, I'm going to focus on. And in the beginning, if you scroll down to my page, I was dancing and the views were like, eh. And then mm -hmm. I started doing these skits and the views were skyrocketing, like 100,000, 20,000, 50,000 per video. Yeah. Um, eventually it became a very heavy thing to carry because skits take me a long time, especially yeah. English is my second language. So I have to like go back and forth. I pronounce something wrong. <laughs> but then I was like, what is an alternative? What is a quicker alternative for the skits? And I was thinking, okay, those could just be very short uh, speaking videos in which I would just talk to the camera selfie style and I would probably walk around a little bit to add a little bit of motion and keep the audience engaged so those for me are the things that matter the most when it comes to brands hopping on TikTok is find the space for example you know I'm not a huge fan of Duolingo I think there's I think it's getting old at this point but they really do understand the platform where it's like they're coming in and they could have done 
like language tips. They could have been mm-hmm. like, here's how you say this in another language. And that would probably would have been very successful. But instead, they decided to capitalize on a mascot and bringing it to life and giving it personality. And that is mm-hmm. what's driving people the most to TikTok now. Like when all the brands were hoping on the Taylor Swift thing and, you know, like freaking criticizing Jake Gyllenhaal, which I feel so bad about. Um, I know. It was like a lot of years ago. Like, I wonder like how my ex-boyfriends would feel, but like all the brands were hopping on that. Like there were people actually paying for billboards outside. So it's like, you just have to fit into the culture and that's what people don't understand. They're like, I'll just grab my YouTube video. I'll grab my Instagram video and put it on TikTok. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately, but it does work the other way around. It works. Okay. Explain that. So you mean you can use TikToks for other platforms? Yes. Like repurpose them onto other platforms? Yes. So the way that I see it is TikTok is a big, big wave. It's like a non-catastrophic tsunami, you know, because it's a gigantic way, but then all the ripple effect, it it affects the little waves at the front. TikTok is starting to influence every single platform. For a major sports event, I remember Budweiser released an ad that was, that it was like the beer and then it would switch to like a red color and it was like music playing. So that came out of a video of a TikTok trend called the silhouette trend, which do not do it. Okay. <laughs> creeps are altering the contrast and trying to like see your actual Ugh. body and whatnot. But this was a huge trend on TikTok where girls would like stand on their door and then like dun, I think it was like a Doja Cat song. Okay. Come in and the light would switch. And then yep. Budweiser copied that trend and translated it into a TV ad like they provocate wow. a lot of money for that you know yeah so, and I remember it was from major sports event I saw it at an event which was huge too so that being said TikTok is the main driver for cultural change right now like they're the mm-hmm. ones sparking conversations which is why usually for anyone that I work with and for myself it's like okay if I see something trending on TikTok I know that in a week I gotta share it on Instagram and if yep. I share it on Instagram now it might perform because you're like pioneering it on Instagram but um, some people might not get it. Whereas if you just wait a little bit more until it's like a little bit more fresh on Instagram, you can mm. get it like to the peak performance, right? So yep. that being said, like TikTok is driving traffic to other platforms in terms of like inspiration. So I always tell everyone like, okay, just grab your TikTok video, go to Snap TikTok app, download it and translate it into an Instagram reel or a YouTube shorts, or even like a Twitter video. I don't even know what those are called. I don't mess with Twitter, but it's just so freaking wild how this app is just altering every outlet out there now. Yeah. I love that. That's what I've been doing. I, you know, I'll create an original reel once in a while, if I feel like Mm -hmm. really inspired, but since I've been creating TikToks, I'm like, let me just repurpose that content. And honestly, I haven't noticed any decrease in performance, you know, I know they, Instagram probably doesn't love that, but as long as you are, you know, removing the watermark and, you know, customizing your caption and things like that, I feel like it still performs. And so much of my Instagram audience isn't on my TikTok, So it is still new and fresh to them. And even if they are, you know, algorithms are, you know, tricky. So everybody who follows you isn't seeing your content anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt to get it in front of more eyes. I also like that you brought up the part about that commercial Cause I've even noticed that as a YouTube creator, um, for anyone listening who doesn't know, like I am not a TikToker, I am just experimenting. <laughs> I'm definitely not the best example of, of TikTok, but YouTube is really kind of my content home. But even I've noticed my editing style has changed since TikTok 
has really taken over, you know, um, doing some of those little transitions, being a little quicker and snappier with content, things like that. So I think it's been really helpful for me to understand the platform, even if I'm not, you know, this viral TikToker, just understanding those trends and, you know, how to edit and things like that in a way that still speaks to those audiences is really helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it translates culturally too. like a lot of the conversations we're having. I cannot go a, like an entire conversation with saying like without quoting at TikTok. Yes. You know, like yep. it's like, I mean, like my, my boyfriend will be like, well, my fiance got engaged recently, but it's like, oh, um, oh no, we did this. And I'm like, oh no, our table, it's broken. And he'll <laughs> look at me and, and, and then I'll look at him and he doesn't get it because he doesn't watch TikToks. Yep. And it's just like wild to me that even like, it's like a vine thing all over again when we keep quoting vines, you know, yeah. every single day. So um, it's definitely fun to see that happening. Yes. And another thing that I wanted to also add is that on Instagram, I've noticed, have you noticed that a lot of TikTokers that are huge on TikTok have very little Instagram followers? Like there's yes. not that really conversion there. Yes. I realized the other day while talking to a lot of big creators, like bigger than I and all of that stuff, like they're like, it's because we keep replicating the same TikTok content onto Instagram. Whereas mm -hmm. when we create original Instagram content, people there have a reason to follow us there. So another okay. tip for people who are like struggling with that is obviously add a call to action and all that good stuff on TikTok. Yeah. But have a series that's unique to, to Instagram. So you yeah. can still start driving that traffic or a series that's unique or a content pillar that's unique to your YouTube or whatever that is. Otherwise, yeah. people are just going to go come to your page. Like if you go through my Instagram page, everything is from TikTok. So why would you follow me if you already follow me on, on TikTok? And people right. are vanity like you know in uh, oriented right so they're like oh, I'm not going to give her a follow if I already follow her right on TikTok right so yeah that's a really good point yeah it can almost be like at least in my mind how it works is TikTok is kind of top of the funnel stuff like just you know getting people to know who I am um, hopping on some of those trends. And then if people really like me and they're like, oh, wow, I really want to mm -hmm. learn like the deep dive, they're going to go over to my YouTube where I do do a 15 minute version of, you know, a concept that I introduce on TikTok or something like that. So I think yeah. there are ways that people can translate over. You talked a lot about Gen Z. So a lot of my audience, this is a big question for them too. They asked, well, okay, let me get this one out of the way first. Is it cringe to be over 30 and on TikTok? Oh my gosh, no. In fact, it performs so much better. The older you are in the demographic, the better because TikTok's trying to kick the kids out. In mm. fact, right now I'm running a bunch of mommy influencer campaigns and they're like, we don't have the kid in the first frame. If you have a kid, you can't like, because of the FTC, you can't promote something. Like it's very, very complicated. Yeah. So they're actually prioritizing the older you are, the better. Because first, from a, from a psychological standpoint, I am more prone to listen to someone older in the app because I have this, you know, belief that it's like they're older, therefore they could mentor me. And like, I, I believe them more. So one of my clients, she is in her sixties and awesome. she, yeah, she blew up super quick and she's a literal witch. Like she's <laughs> a literal, like does all about manifestation and like spells for good luck and all that stuff. That is literally what she does. Yeah. And it's the most, the, the weirdest thing for a lot of people. And, but for her it works so well. And the persona that we built for her was that 
witch mom approach, you know, like she was not yeah. just like witch tips or whatever, or like spiritual tips. We made a persona of her because she was older. We we're like, how about you become the mom of all these little witches and whatnot? So she calls herself the witch mom and it works so well for her. Like she has merch already and courses. Like oh she's my gosh. vibing. I yeah. love it. I'm going to check, check her out. That sounds amazing. Yeah. She's yeah. I, I agree. Like, you know, and that, that's one of the things that prevented me from getting on TikTok too, is that it's like, I'm too old for this. Like I can't, but you know, I think to your point, it's all about making it your own. I'm not going to jump on some trend that just because some 15 year old is doing yeah. it. Like if it doesn't make sense for me, my brand, my audience, of course, it's going to feel forced, but there's ways that you can do things that still feel authentic to you and to your audience. The second question about Gen Z and age and all that is what if your audience or at least you don't think your audience is in that demographic. Like, is there still value in being on TikTok? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, I love this question. So there's a two-part answer to this. The first one is, even if your target audience are not Gen Z, Gen Zers control the mediums in terms of like, what influences each platform now. So in order for you to stay culturally relevant and to even stay on the know and like understand what's happening right now, you kind of have to follow Gen Z trends where even my mom nowadays, she like scrolls to TikTok and like sends me recipes through that. Like forget YouTube recipes, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. the only time she sends me YouTube stuff is whenever it's something deep dive that I can't understand out of a 15 second video, right? So yeah. you have to stay culturally relevant for your brand to be able to grow. Cause at some point you are going to start appealing in some way to a Gen Z audience or to a millennials or millennial audience that's closer to that age, that's going to start understanding that. The second thing is, well, I, I said two parts, but it's a three part. The second thing is that Gen Z is a portion of TikTok, but you have to, you see it as eyeballs. I don't think of, oh, who's going to see this? You know, I think of eyeballs, so many eyeballs, right? Where if you talk about your product or project and it happens to be in a way where it's witty and it's clever and it's, it resonates with people, it is going to get the viewership that it needs. And that can lead you to press that can lead you to like, check out this. Like my, one of my clients was a relationship coach and you know, there's a bunch of, she was like, there's a bunch of kids in these apps. Like, what am I, am I going to do this? And then another yeah. um, client of mine is a cycle syncing coach. Like, I don't want to coach 12 year olds on their first periods. I want to coach mothers that are like after postpartum and all that stuff. Right? right. I'm like, it's okay. Just hop on the app. They got so much press, like a bunch of like TV um, TEDs, like TED talks came out of it too. Amazing. So it's like, you have to understand that, yes, you could see it from that perspective of kids are going to be watching my content. They, they're not buyers, or you can see it from kids are going to blow this up. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to get me to the right eyes. And then the last thing is thinking of, oh my gosh, I sounds like such a potato, but thinking of web three. So thinking <laughs> of the future of, you know, the creator economy, Yes, <laughs> you totally. know, as, as cringy as it sounds sometimes, like it truly is a very foreseeable future where now I'm thinking, okay, like I have my business, I have these other things. I'm a creator. Now, how can I leverage? How can I take it a step further? Is that affiliate marketing? You know, is that me launching a course? That's just like a, a course on its own. Is that merch? Right. Is yeah. that a, um, I don't know, an NFT maybe of like a podcast episode or mm -hmm. a poster that someone made. Right. So it's thinking, with this audience and in the future, I have a way for me to stay relevant and really focus on web three offerings. Absolutely. 
I love and growing that. as a creator too. I feel like people don't understand that even nowadays, educators on apps are becoming the new influencers because they are yeah. the ones that have the most trust and the bigger conversion rate than the influencer that just looks pretty and showcases mm-hmm. a product, right? So yeah. that's why you're even, you can even be charging twice as much as these creators just because you're in a specialized field. Right. Right. I love that. And I'll also add, you know, the kids grow up. (laughs) This is something to keep in mind too. My coach, like my mentor, the only real mastermind that I pay for anymore. I started watching her when I was like 23 and in college and I'm now 30 and paying her, you know, thousands of dollars a year to be in her mastermind. So, you know, you can start developing, planting those seeds, building those relationships. Now, maybe they can't afford to work with you now or whatever, but they're going to remember you as a thought leader. They're going to, you're going to be somebody that they trust, um, over time. So hundred percent, or they have a friend or their moms or their aunts, you know, so there's always going to be a way it's all about word of mouth. That's the ultimate marketer. Yep. Absolutely. You mentioned a couple things about the algorithm. I, I, I kind of hate the, the, a, I call it the a word. I'm like, Oh, it's so so stressful, (laughs) but do you have any, um, I know that's a much larger conversation. I know that's a lot of what you work on with your clients too, but do you have any like quick tips for, you know, how to, how to kind of get ahead on that platform, how to cut through some of that saturation with your content? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing is shadow banning doesn't exist. Um, from TikTok themselves, I attend, I'm part of the Latinx creatives program, which we get coaching directly from TikTok. And this is one of the main questions we always ask, like, does TikTok penalize for not posting? No, they don't. Does TikTok Mm -hmm. penalize in terms of viewership? Like, do they just shadow ban accounts? No, they don't. Of course, if you violate a community guideline, think of it like if you come to my house and you tell me my carpet's ugly and that my dog is ugly, you better know that you're not going to be accepted in this household. So the way that I see it, if you violate a community guideline, of course, any machine would be like, uh, this account posted bad video account bad. I'm not going to, you know, that's the way that I see it. So, but even then it's very unlikely that you receive any sort of shadow banning. What happens is that and then whenever I ask people, why do they think you're shadow banned? Or why do you think that, you know, it's like, well, I went viral because I did like a video exposing my ex or like I went viral because of these one things. And then I stopped doing them. And I'm like, clearly you have your answer. Either you went viral because of the wrong thing. And now you can't keep it up, which yep. is one of the main things that people are like, go viral, go viral. But there's so many consequences to that. Now, you know, the, 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 the status and kind of like the, what is it? The standard for content on, on TikTok now, it's starting to get a little more pro than it was before. Like before it was just like the easy selfie style videos, which are called UGC, user-generated content. But now you see creators filming with their cameras and yeah. adding sound effects and whatnot. So standards just keep growing. You know, it might happen that they're going to move towards a more YouTube-like type of content where it's a little bit more professional and you have the professional mics and all these things, right? But that being said, it's like the standard probably changed from the last time you posted. Um, The content that you're putting out, it's not following a similar narrative. So the people that followed you for one thing are not interested in the things that you have to say right now. But if you go back to that topic, it might work out and all these things, right? So there's no such thing as shadow banning. We've heard it from the HQs themselves. I will say that the main tips in terms of algorithm that I could give that really work for people are you know, I I love the short videos and those do work whenever your account needs some like a little like lift, 
yeah, those do work. Six seconds, seven seconds, just something that will make it someone repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Yeah. It will work in terms of like viewership, but you'll likely find that it doesn't have a lot of engagement unless mm-hmm. it's something really, really funny. Yeah, you'll see that it got like 10K views, but only like 20 comments. Yeah. And you're like, why? It's because, you know, it, it was, it has that amount of views because people accidentally watched it twice, but it's not because they really cared about what you were saying sometimes. So, you know, do what you will with that information. You can utilize very short videos. I've heard it works well for a lot of people, but just be mindful that it may not drive us bigger engagement. And then the next thing is watch time. So this app at the end of the day is a business. And that being said is they prior, obviously the algorithm will prioritize things and in, in accounts that make people stay within the app a little bit longer that don't drive um, traffic somewhere else that stay within the app, right? So that's why I always say like, if you can do a 40 second video and you can have the good part of the video start at the second 30 and just make sure that you keep them engaged. For example, for me, that is making a, um, a skit in which I'm like, hi, do you know how I can make viral content? Yes, absolutely. Um, did you know that you could do it as easy from your home? Like, oh, really? How can I do that? Well, I'm about to teach you. And it's like, I, you know, I yeah. kind of like expand it as much as I can until I get to second 30 or 25. And that's yeah. when I give the actual tip to force them to watch it the entire time. So that yeah. way algorithm goes, oh, this account make people watch longer. I am going to help this account. That's the way yep. that I see it. I don't know why I make that voice whenever I hear the algorithm, but that's how I feel like it speaks, you know? <laughs> so that's another thing. It's focus on watch time rather than yep. just cranking things out. The next thing is have a healthy balance of trends and audios and also your real voice in general. Mm-hmm. Like people want to connect with you at the end of the day. And that's what ultimately is going to be like the game changer. If you yep. want to grow there, it's like how people connect with you. Um, another thing is be very careful with certain verbatim. So TikTok themselves said that they don't block any words, but I don't believe them. And we showcase <laughs> proof because we were like, okay. And one person commented from another account, like um, link in bio go to my profile, click on this, blah, blah. And they realized that none of those comments were showing up. And mm-hmm. also if you scroll at the bottom of your comments, you'll see that there's approve or um, or like delete filters that okay. you didn't even know how were on to prevent you from spam. Um, so that being said, they are starting to block those words. So the best way to go about it is probably say it. And instead of saying like type in link in bio and saying link in bio, just be like, check out my profile for more or something yeah. like that, but don't type it anywhere, you know? The viral audios are very important. There's people that are like, just add it at the bottom and then lower the volume and speak. That's crap. That's not true. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, where do they get these things from? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, it's probably because your content that one time was good, but it's not a strategy that you should um, invest into. Yeah. So, so actually use the audio, make it a part of the storytelling as opposed yeah. to just like hiding and it, sneaking not, it in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If not just you know, use another audio that you actually are going to be able to listen or just don't use an audio and just use your voice. There's value in that too. Yeah. Okay. Really interesting. Last question about, about this stuff is profiles. So you mentioned the link thing. I, I keep hearing, okay, there's the difference between like a creator account and a business account. And is there a recommendation you have for folks? Cause I know there's a couple differences between links and things like that. Can you explain what the difference is or what you'd recommend? Yes. So right now 
I think that TikTok shifted from the word creator and they're making it like personal account versus business okay. account. I was lucky enough to never switch. So when I, I'm still on creator, it still says creator and I have my link available. Whereas if I were to sh- switch to probably like personal or business, I would be very limited because of the audios. So when you are in business account, you don't have access to the uh, like copyrighted music, which means gotcha. that if there's any trends or anything happening, you're not going to be able to hop on it, which is what a lot of the brands run into right now. I'm working with a couple of fortune 500 brands and hop like allowing them to hop on them TikTok and the amount of clearance that we have to go through. Like I literally have a spreadsheet gigantically that we have to go back to universal music group or like this or that to just get approval on to see if they can use it. So definitely if you're a business or if you're a personal brand or whatever, go for the creator account and go for the personal account. It'll limit you in the beginning in terms of links, but the way that I see it too, it's like TikTok is going to start evolving where in the future, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some sort of like API deal where we're able to get IIP, I don't know how you say it, um, where we're able to utilize the audio. Maybe we can like have some sort of subscription, um, yep. but they're going to start allowing you to link things directly through the videos. We started seeing it with um, Wikipedia. Like now, if whenever you're going to upload, I don't know if it shows up for you, but it says link a Wikipedia article or link oh. a contract profile. Like, yeah, they're starting to add little features in and, and it'll come with time where they allow you to link from one video. It's called TikTok Jumps is a new feature. Um, yeah. They just released it a couple of days ago. And you can also just drive traffic to your Instagram if you're really, really worried about the links. But the first thing that I would say, if you're starting on the app, you don't really need a link there. Yep. Um, yep. Just get it started. And if you, oh, but I need a link so I can explain more about my product, just pin videos at the top. Just have three pin yeah. and have those be your founder story or like what you're selling, all these other things. And then worry about the conversions later because this is like a discovery app. This is a brand yeah. awareness app. Don't confuse it just yet. Like it could be very well a conversion app. And I've yeah. heard of people that it translated into millions of dollars, but you just focus on the brand awareness phase first. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that's just basic sales funnel stuff. You know, you don't Mm want to, I always, I always equate the sales funnel to dating. You don't want to kiss on the first date or, you know, ask someone to marry you on the first date anyway. So just focus on building that foundation, worry about the links or, or getting people over there. And, and again, if people really like you, if they're like, wow, this girl is giving me so much good advice, yeah. they're going to Google you. They're going to find you like, you're going to go those to your are, Instagram. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. You've given us so many amazing tips. Thank you so much for sharing. I want you to tell everyone a little bit more about what you do, the work that you do with your clients. And also, I know you have some really cool projects going on. I can't even keep up. I feel like every day you're announcing something really cool. Um, You have the show and you're working with TikTok. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, the main thing that I'm focusing on is just building my agency side in terms of building TikTok for bigger brands. So that's what I'm really focusing on. I've been able to freelance slash also as an agency work for really, really big clients like Tiesto, the Russo brothers, recently Barbie and American Girl. And dream. Yeah, Amazing. it's been it's been really cool. And the main thing that I'm, I'm only doing it really you know, I have a lot of love for the brands, but also to see from a brand standpoint, the hurdles that they come across. I'm like, I really had it easy with TikTok or like that small business has it way easier than they think. They're like, oh, but we don't have the brand awareness and the money that like all these brands have. And you see them, their videos flopping because they can't even use the viral audio. So that being said, um, that's kind of like what I'm prioritizing at the moment. But now with me, what I'm looking forward to in my 2022 is actually pivot a little bit more and just focus more on like my, um, 
coaching and my group coaching in terms of like TikTok stuff and also my public speaking. Like I really want to go hard on the educational realm because TikTok has opened those doors for me. So yeah, it's a lot of exciting things, but I'm excited to see what else we can do. I'm also excited for Vlogmas. I'm still contemplating where I'm doing, where is doing it or not. So I have about an hour to decide if I want to start filming, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So super, super excited on that end. Amazing. Well, I'll just say that you are a really great teacher. I mean, I don't think you need my validation to tell you that, but you really are. (laughs) You do a good job of breaking things down in a way that's understandable for people. And that's also not intimidating because I, again, TikTok, it's a lot for a lot of people, especially I think in my age demographic or even older, it's like really scary. And you break it down in a way that makes me feel like I'm not silly for asking a question. You know, I'm not um, cringe to be on TikTok. So I think you would be an amazing educator. So I'm excited Thank to see what you, you do. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh. Uh, Coming from the queen herself. Thank you. No. <laughs> I appreciate that. And honestly, I feel like it's also a limiting belief, Latasha. Like I really feel mm-hmm. like, I mean, I get it. If you're, you know, in your fifties, I would understand why you have the the kind of like the learning curve there because yeah. it's definitely another like you're focused on other things like at the time that you're focusing on family or yourself or all these other things so I understand that but I feel like I don't know why but when you say like oh 30 year olds or like I'm like but y- y'all are just around the corner what do you mean I know I, know. <laughs> I feel old funny? when you say that I'm 24 I think it's genuinely a limiting belief and also not spending as much time in the app because now that you have you get it like I've seen your TikToks now but yeah. um I could see why before it like it would have been perceived as intimidating. Totally. I think it's, it's just, just annoying so to edit. It, yeah. The editing is annoying. It takes a while. So, and, and also like my shameless advice, I'm not the TikTok expert, but just know that like your first piece of content anywhere is probably going to kind of suck. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely. You have to see my okay first YouTube that. video. I just have one YouTube video up on my channel yeah. and it's so embarrassing. Yeah. So and that shows growth. So that's yeah. a good thing, you know, because when you look back, that's how you know that you've grown and improved since then. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all the excuses too. I recently got a Sony a seven I got these mics yeah. I got, and I'm like, no, but now I got to wait for a back- backdrop and yeah. it's just, all this is excuses. perfect. Like you're setting yeah. right now is perfect for a YouTube video. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know why I keep overthinking it. So I promise you I'm gonna get on that, but just know that it's completely normal. And another trick is actually a lot of people use InShot, but CapCut, C-A-P-C-U-T, CapCut, the app is actually made by ByteDance. So it follows a very similar editing style to TikTok and they have royalty-free music. They have effects, similar effects that they have on TikTok, actually. Um, They have, it's such an easy learning curve. So if anyone wants to, you know, sometimes you kind of have to edit outside of the app. They have this feature where it's like extracted audio where you can download a TikTok video. And if you want to sync it properly, just click extract audio of this video and Mm. you can just sync it properly within the app. So that is like the main app that I use for editing anything. Like I don't edit anything within TikTok anymore. Amazing. So So helpful. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to link that app. I'm going to link all of your links, um, but let (laughs) people know where they can find you on TikTok and elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So on TikTok, I am Latinapreneur. Um, so it's like Latina entrepreneur, but all meshed together. And then on Instagram, I am at Andrea Morak. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining. This was so helpful. I can't wait for people to hear it. Thank you. 
Thank you again to Andrea for joining us on the Online Business Launch Lab show. If you're listening, please be sure to leave us a review. We're a brand new show on Apple Podcasts and appreciate your support. Until next time.